the Wi-Fi has gotten a little cloudy. Like, <laughs> the sky above as my lord was reaching down with all fingers from my throat. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 126 of the Erasable Podcast. Tonight we are having an all-fresh points episode to catch up on some new fall releases. My name is Tim Wassum, and I am joined by a couple of fellows for whom my bell totally tolls, a couple of regular movable feasts, a couple of guys for whom I would go across the river and into the trees to meet, Johnny Gamber and Andy Welfley. How's it going, guys? Hello, it's the old men in the sea. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> It's the prematurely gray man in the sea. <laughs> I'm just over here saying farewell to my arms. Yes. Oh no, what happened? <laughs> you my children tied me up. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Um, how are you guys doing? We it's been uh, we're we're kind of back onto a regular schedule. Hey. Yeah. It's good to talk to you guys and not having been like a month and a half. How are things going? Yeah, it's very good. Fantastic. Yeah. We're stuck in potty training here, so Oh, I There's... hope you I hope you learn how to use the potty soon, Johnny. We believe well, I'm not making very good progress. Rosie is making good progress. Oh good. Okay. <laughs> However, some of that progress involved poop on things that poop shouldn't be on today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a rough day. <laughs> yep. Uh... Lila pooped her pants while in the pool while we were in Florida. That was fun. Ooh, no. Oh, that's she's like she's like ninety eight percent potty drained, but you know, I, w- I would make some smug remark about not having kids, but my cat left a turd in the middle of the carpet the other day. So. <laughs> Cat's like, just a reminder. It was a present. Yeah. Yeah. And that dude is potty trained, so you know that was just for spite. <laughs> have yep. you guys yeah, seen uh, have you seen Frankenweenie, where the cat poops out letters and then has no. dreams about kids' deaths? <laughs> it's really funny. No. <laughs> I just got derailed. <laughs> You check it out. It's a good Tim Burton uh, animated movie about Halloween. I think four minutes in, and Johnny already derailed us. (laughs) Related to cat poop. He's like, I'm just trying to talk about cats, guys. I'm always the one who can't talk about cats. No, I'm saying something nice about cats. You are. (laughs) Well, kind of that cat. (laughs) Cool. Well, I'm. I'm just glad to be. upright for this podcast i've been super sick before fall break and so i am just i'm just glad to be here so i want to hear uh what you guys been into let's do uh tools of the trade let's start with johnny go for it man yay so um this season on pbs two good shows are ending poldark and the drills and corfu so we just finished poldark season five you guys watch poldark no but i mean no, i should it's pretty yeah, much it several times, and I'm definitely going to at some point, but I just haven't yet. It was one of those shows where, like, I can't believe there are only 40 episodes of this show because so much happens, like Downton Abbey, but you know, with some more sword play and dueling, and uh, I don't know, more horses. <laughs> but um, yeah, it and I mean, I don't, don't want to spoil anything, but I I thought it ended well. Um, and we just watched The Vanishing yesterday on Amazon Prime, which is about these three Scottish uh, lighthouse keepers in 1900 who disappeared. And this is sort of one of those, like, maybe this happened to him kind of movies. It was pretty good. It had Gerard Butler, who I realized looks like Chris Roth or like a much oh. older Chris Roth. Oh, Roth. I said Chris Rock. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, but Chris the, Roth and Chris Roth. 
Chris Ross and Chris Roth and Chris Roth. Chris Roth. Get the Roth Rock. Yeah. Roth yeah, Rock. The screenshot and send it to Chris. I'm like, dude, it's your dad. <laughs> but um, you know, it was it was it was good. There were some good pencil shots in it. That was cool. And I don't think I'd watched it last time we podcast it. Um, did I already talk about this movie that was on Amazon called um, The Beautiful Fantastic? That was sort of corny, but also delightful and had a lot of pencils in it. I don't think so. Uh-uh. And it was one of those movies where like, oh, that is Tom Wilkinson and it's an hour and a half long. I'll watch that. <laughs> but uh, it was, you know, people compared it to Amelie and the lead character has obsessive tendencies and the, so some people thought they they presented it in a human way some people thought they made light of a mental illness da, 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 but it was an enjoyable movie hmm. and one of the things she does is she puts her pencil shavings in a jar which was pretty cool nice and one of our adorable yeah and um i read a book that is written by or co-written by ted Cooser, the old um poet laureate mm-hmm. and tim had just recommended the wheeling year which i just picked up um, called Writing Brave and Free. It's sort of one of those, you know, encouraging writer books, but it's not for like just publication. Like you, they were geared toward like if you're just writing in your journal or you want to write letters or leave something for people after you die, like just get stuff down for 10 minutes a day and let it build up. So that, it was it was an enjoyable little book. Nice. And it like kind of corny cover, but it had a pencil on it. So score and um i finally joined the rest of everybody in the world and read lincoln and the bardo which was so good (laughs) and i want someone to make it into a movie i imagine somebody bought the rights to it i haven't read this book book. what's it about um it's about lincoln lincoln's son willie who dies and goes to the bardo which is the tibetan world for um sort of like you're not all yeah you're not at the afterlife yet and then there are lots of characters there. And it's all it's written around apparently um when Willie Lincoln died, they had to borrow a crypt for him in Washington. And um Abe went down and opened it and pulled him out and hugged him. Like frequently. And, oh man. Yeah, and like this documented thing. So um George Saunders was really moved by it and the whole book is sort of around like that image. Hmm. It's and, really like, cool. It's like part history like research like quotes from actual books and then like made up quotes from made up books and stuff and then, <laughs> and then it's it's almost isn't it like it's it's written like a screenplay or something sort of yeah it's it was interesting because you know it's George Saunders so it was funny but it was still like respectful where it should be it wasn't making light of people's pain so yeah that was really really enjoyable and also really sad in turns I think but I also, talked about the audiobook at some point didn't I did he read it no. Well, yes. Lincoln. <laughs> he was he was one of the readers, but there were 125 other readers. Oh um, man, that's awesome! It was like uh, Nick Offerman, David Sedaris, uh, I think like Sharon Stone or something like, or some. I don't know. There were like there was a lot of big names, but then like George Saunders was like getting his neighbors and stuff to read on it to do all the different voices. Oh, hmm. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, and uh, I am writing with. Seasonally appropriate Musgrave Harvest number one, on also a seasonally appropriate write notepads Keats Auto to Autumn notebook from last year. Hmm. Yay! Nice. How about you, Andy? Um, well, Katie and I f- uh, finished the last and f- the final season of The Girls in Corfu. Yay! Uh, they closed that out. It's it's such a good show. One of the like 
kind of like nicest and it's it's not exactly like Downton Abbey in that like the stakes are like super low all the time. But <laughs> the like, stakes have never basically. been lower. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, what was that that was that quote where it was like uh the, the snl like uh the, yeah, the, the, the queen's coming how much time do we have a year and a half <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just uh, derailed no, no that's so good um so we finished the Durals and Cor- corfu so those of you who hate you know masterpiece listening to this show will never have to listen to me talk about it again <laughs> uh, um i'll talk about it next time <laughs> exactly no, totally. it's on our uh, list also, so, um, you know, one thing I think I've talked about in previous editions of this um, podcast is one of my favorite, favorite seasonal things to do was to buy the food edition of The New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so good. They always had really good just like food journalism and essays and fiction about food. And I love I love food writing. Um, it's I, I like it much better than I like to cook, which is weird, but I just love reading what people write about food. Um, and for some reason, in last like maybe three years, the New Yorker doesn't do that anymore. They do they they first they moved the food issue to like spring, and then they combined it with like travel. So it's travel and food, and then they I don't think they do it at all anymore, which is disappointing. Um, but I have discovered the um, the yearly um, uh, best American food writing um, edition, which is you know they do a bunch of those kind of best American books they have best american fiction best american travel writing etc cetera, etc cetera. um so this one is a bunch of really kind of kind of good collected works works about food writing um and samin nasrat um who wrote salt fat acid heat wrote uh, mm. curated it and she's really good and this is maybe the best the best edition yet there's really really interesting things in here so that is good to know because that's that the, the, all those series are great those I, yeah i've read i've read pretty frequently the essays and then the short stories and then yeah. i also i used to read the best american non-required reading that had like <laughs> the best craigslist posts of all time and stuff like that um just like weird yeah. stuff that was just out of the ordinary but i actually just bought uh the best american mystery stories for the first time Ooh. and it's yeah. uh it was edited by louise penny um mm. who writes the uh what's that town it's like a town in canada but she's she's really good but um and it's excellent um it's a good collection too so i'll have to check out the nice. food writing though I've, I've never gotten that one yeah it's um it's an interesting combination like there's a long form sort of investigative piece about like this guy who owns like the palm wonderful like pomegranate brand and you know it's cuties the oranges and he's basically the largest um privately owned water consumer in the state of california like his properties consume about the same amount of water as the city of los angeles yeah in a state where there's not a lot of water to go around so um yeah that that's really interesting um and next one uh, I'll launch into, but first I have a question for you. Um, when your spouses leave town, when your families and spouses leave town, it's just you. Do you have any like bachelor habits that you fall back on? Mm. <laughs> Violent television. That, that's your, okay. That's your willingness. Personal to share well. question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so Tim, it's, it's like, violent television. Do you mean like yeah. the wire or like yeah, wrestling? Like, right. I'm saying yeah, no, like things like, like it took me five years to watch Breaking Bad after it was gone because that was the only times I ever watched it. Where if James was out of town, I would watch like seven episodes in a row. <laughs> so that's that's definitely one of them. And I'm not gonna spoil your parade, but the one, your choice yeah. would totally be my choice if I had the means. And then I saw the word rented, and I was like, oh no, 
next time. Ooh, I'll, uh, I'll tell you more. Yeah. Yeah. Those, that's basically those kinds of shows like breaking bad or, or watching like, you know, Indiana Jones or just like action movies, just yeah. things that I, not the only things I like, but Jane just typically isn't interested. And so I, I take yeah. advantage of those times to do that. What about you, Johnny? Um, I mean, I guess there are certain movies that I'll watch if Frankie's not around, but lately it's uh Leonard Kenny that's show on Hulu. Uh, yeah. How are you now? <laughs> Good. And you <laughs> not so bad. <laughs> No, you, know, you guys just sold it. I just want to watch it now. You, know. you should. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, you'll you'll watch like two hours of it the first night. <laughs> watch it with subtitles on. That helps a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Katie, that's what I likes about you. <laughs> oh, is that the only thing he appreciates about her? <laughs> um, anyhow, so uh, all this leading up to uh, kind of my like bachelor fallback, which is video games. I. I am not really a video gamer, um, but I'm very interested in sort of the art and science of video games. And whenever Katie leaves town, I uh, just like, you know, play it in a marathon session any way I can. So one thing that's really, really interested me was a Nintendo Switch. Mm -hmm. But I don't really want to buy one because I'm not going to use it all the time. And it's kind of expensive. It's like $300. Um, I've been sniffing one of those out for like years. And not same thing. I would never, I don't think I could ever justify buying one because I have so little time. But if there was a way that I could get one well tim let me really then let if me someone was to share that information i would love to hear <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by crisp <laughs> um <laughs> now there's there's this uh website that i just stumbled across called crisp that uh dot com, and they have a really weird assortment of things that they rent by the month um one of them is a nintendo switch one of them is and, and some games um one of them is a um a series of drones. One is a, some some Gro- GoPros, and one is weirdly uh, like pro level headphones. I don't think I would ever want to rent headphones, but no, that's that's weird. Yeah. I would be suspicious of anybody who would want to rent a drone right? too. <laughs> but, I mean, I've I've had situations where like I would love to like during like some family gathering or something, I would love to get a really good like aerial shot. Um, yeah, that's true. Or if I wanted yeah. to like not pay tickets for a festival. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, drones are so common out in the Bay Area that like there's there's big like places where they have signs that say this is a no drone zone. And people like the Apple campus when they were building it, they were rumored to have like had recruited like falcons that would go and like take down a drone because people about just want to wait, wait, don't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but anyhow, um you can rent a Nintendo Switch and three games for uh, sixty bucks a month, and shut up. Uh, yeah, Wait, which is there's a yeah. thirty day trial for fifteen bucks. A thirty day trial of, of from Chris. Uh, yeah, unless that's oh, just man, for the games that. or something. That's yeah. just for the games. Okay, okay. go on. <laughs> it's it's weird because it's kind of the same business model as like Rent a Center, which is like kind of crappy, kind of predatory, but like. It feels much nicer because it's a, like a nice little startup-y website. So mm-hmm. um, they're based in Oakland. So they sent it to me um, two days. Sh- I mean, it's actually one day, but I, I got two-day shipping. And yeah, and so I basically just keep it. And if I send it back to them before the end of the month, um, you know, they don't charge me for the next month. But you can basically keep it as long as you want. Um, so I spent I spent probably a good four hours um, Saturday night just like playing The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. My um, students have been telling me how awesome that is. So, 
so I spent most of my time speaking of cooking. Like if you gather all these like raw ingredients, like wheat and apples and <laughs> acorns, you can like throw them into a cooking fire in various combinations and make all these different foods that like sustain you in different ways. So I legit spent like two hours just cooking in this video game. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went in real deep, but I I'm actually having some like <laughs> kind of like carpal tunnel issues now because of. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> so many, but the other the other game that I'm playing that I have been kind of obsessed with a little bit is a game called Untitled Goose Game, which um, I think I've talked about the video game Goat Simulator on this show before. Um, Goat Simulator? Goat Simulator. It's not for like a video game console. It's mostly like a PC or a Mac game. Um, I think there's a mobile version too, but um, this game, like the, so the tagline of Untitled Goose Game is something along the lines of um, it's a beautiful day in the English countryside and you are a horrible goose <laughs> and you your whole goal like you can honk and you can flap your wings and you can like manipulate and grab objects with your beak and you basically just go around this little village trying to like cause havoc and you have these um, these goals like these this checklist of goals that's like you know steal the boy's glasses or um make someone buy something they already owned and you have to figure out kind of what that means and figure out how to like manipulate your environment to make this happen. So, um, yeah, it's, it's you're like a UX goose. You're like a, yeah, basically you're a, it's the UX goose game. You're this <laughs> like white goose and you honk and like you, you flap your wings at people and they like, you know, somebody like fights you off with a broom and somebody else like gets, like cowers in the corner and it's it's fun um it's made by this company that um makes really really fantastic like like coder like coding gear coda and transmit and all these great things they're really really great so i've talked this is probably the most we've ever talked about video games in the show but um (laughs) i've got it won't be the last yeah and you can so you can get uh Untitled Goose Game for your Switch or for your Mac, so it's 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 available out there. Uh, sorry, Johnny, no um, no Linux versions yet. It's all right. <laughs> it's yeah. coming. Yeah, it's coming pretty soon. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that that video gaming that's my that's my bachelor activity because Katie like like very much like she doesn't care if I did play video games when she's around, but I would much rather like. But you can feel it. It hurt. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's funny that none of us like sit around in our underwear getting drunk when yeah. the wives are away. <laughs> like pull some risky business. <laughs> I said I'm watching Breaking Bad. I didn't say what yeah, I'm doing yeah. while I watch Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting with my hands on my knees watching Breaking Bad. Yeah. I drink too much coffee when I'm by myself. <laughs> I get throw down. <laughs> so I'm finishing up my Michael Michael Marker? Mile Marker field notes. Michael Moore? Michael Moore field notes <laughs> and uh, I'm writing with a, a blue European bit crystal that Johnny sent me the the kind that are um, orange Ooh, those are good the <gasps> oh, fine tip one yeah blue and or Tim, black uh, blue <laughs> my favorite yeah Tim how about you I got a f- several different things the first one of which I learned about at the Hemingway house, which I'm going to talk about during fresh points, but I, I got to visit the Hemingway house and there was a poster there for a movie called genius. Did you guys ever see genius? The one about, um, Tom Wolf. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was good. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. really good. I, I I bought it on Amazon and watched that, and it was excellent. It's about, um, yeah, Thomas Wolfe and Maxwell Perkins, the editor who discovered Fitzgerald and Hemingway, and so Hemingway and Fitzgerald make kind of cameos in the movie, but it's mostly about Thomas Wolfe's rise from like obscurity, which he's from Asheville, North Carolina, which is right down the road. We visit there all the time. And like last time I saw Wilco, they played at the Thomas Wolfe auditorium there. Like a lot of stuff is named for him now, but he was, yeah, just this kind of fascinating, obscure genius. And he, uh, it's, it's a very good movie. Colin Firth plays Maxwell Perkins. Uh, Jude Law plays Thomas Wolfe and, uh, Nicole Kidman plays the like benefactress of of Thomas Wolfe. But did, Dominic, uh, to, good. I was going to say, how long ago was that movie from? Because uh, uh, has Jude Law's sorry, two and a half on. years or something like that. Yeah, okay. 2016. I was trying to figure out if uh, Jude Law's uh, American accent has improved. <laughs> well, his his Southern American accent's like serviceable. That's, yeah, that's true. But, that, that's not so far from like an English yeah. accent. Like the guy from um, Ozark who's Scottish, uh, yeah. guy who plays Jacob. Like he does a really good accent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he did a great job as Thomas Wolfe. Dominic West did a really good cameo of Hemingway in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. When I saw him, I was like, he's gonna suck. But when he was on there, I was like, that was so perfect. <laughs> yeah. Excuse. <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a great movie. So I I definitely recommend it. I bought it on Amazon, and I'm glad I did because I'll totally watch it again. Um, I while I was there, one of my favorite things, kind of sentimental things to do when we go to Florida, well, we were at we were we were in Fort Myers, Florida, staying with my parents and my grandmother, who's there. Um, my my grandfather passed away. Uh, it was about four years ago, maybe five years ago. And when I um, we go down there, his their like complex where they lived has a library, like a sharing library. And so one of his friends, I always like to go down and ask his friends, like, what does he uh, what did he read? Like, what was what were some of the like last things he was reading? Just to kind of like have a connection with him, and um, mm-hmm. and so like I, I read and some of you know I, it's it's not necessarily my taste, but it just felt kind of special to read some of the books that he had been reading in recent years. And so I found like a couple Stuart Woods books, which aren't my like favorite things, but it was cool to read because I knew that he hmm. had read some. And then last time, um, I found out this when we were down there, found out that he had read some Lee Child, who I've talked about on here before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I, I should go in there and see what kind of Lee Child there are. And I don't think this probably wasn't his because I know my grandpa only bought hardback books. But I picked up uh, a Lee Child novel while I was down there called Tripwire, which actually starts out, oddly enough, it just happened to be the one I picked up. It starts in Key West. Hmm. And so it seemed perfect. And so I picked it up and on the flight home, I read like the first 70 pages of it. And that was with a six-year-old sitting next to me. So I must have been really, really... uh engrossed <laughs> in it so <laughs> it's it's really good so far which i've talked about lee child again and again but this is a good one it was the third one he wrote so it's one of the pretty pretty early ones but it's it's, it's pretty good so far uh, i also while i was on break discovered a band that i can't believe i've never heard before they're called camp uh, hmm. c-a-a-m-p uh, camp camp comp <laughs> uh i don't i don't know how i've not heard of them but they're kind of if you ever listened to ray la montaigne uh kind of like early mm. ray la montaigne stuff maybe a little little more rocking or something but it yeah. is just it's great kind of mm. 
uh, the Avett brothers. It's kind of similar to the Avett brothers too, but maybe just a little more relaxed than the Avett brothers tend to be. But hmm. I really recommend it. They, they're pretty young. They're from Columbus, Ohio, and they only have, uh, hmm. I think, two like two and a half albums. So they're going to be in San Francisco next week. You should see them. I've heard they put on a really well, good show. Seriously, but, well, they're sold out. So well, they got <laughs> a go. lot of stuff yeah. on Spotify. Huh. Do they? Because I yeah, I those really are some great mustaches too. Two yeah, the quality mustaches. But I thought they just had like two main, two albums and then like maybe a couple EPs or something. Yeah, like, it was but, like a bunch of singles. Singles, yeah, yeah. So hey, I drums. really, I really recommend them. I've been listening to them. I don't do this very often, but that's basically all I've listened to for like five days. I just keep putting it on the uh, Spotify. This is camp or comp or camp. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is camp playlist and, Come on, use uh, your use your indiana vowel flattening just go camp camp <laughs> uh so I, I really recommend it they're good they're really good kind of uh folk folky uh i almost used the phrase soft rock which is like a really horrible 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 phrase but um really anybody who likes ray lamontane you'd really like them so and uh Two new albums I also wanted to mention, and I'll try not to talk forever about the second one, but the first one is the Avid Brothers, who I just mentioned, came out with a new album called uh, uh, Closer Than Together, which is very, very good and also surprisingly political. Um, not going to get into the details on that, but it's it's a very good album. And the one that I do want to talk about a little more is Wilco came out with their new album. So they had been on hiatus for a couple of years, taking a break from touring, and uh, they announced to make, to make field notes <laughs> to make field notes. <laughs> Took them two years to get that plan together. And then they, uh, they in August, I guess they announced they were coming out with a new album, which was called Ode to Joy, which I pre-ordered like the day, the day they announced and it, it showed up the day before we left for Florida. And hmm, nice. it is if if anybody wants to find a place to start on this album, it's it's kind of it has a big spread. There are some songs that are kind of slower and down, and there's some that are more upbeat. But they they put out a music video, and I and I know from reading Tweedy Jeff Tweedy's biography that he really doesn't like to do mu- music videos for no reason. He only likes to do them when it sounds like a fun idea. And so I really, really recommend that everybody watch the music video for uh, Everyone Hides because it's okay. a very kind of homemade music video. Uh, just by the band you can tell it was just kind of a just it's just like a simple idea really well executed where uh, basically they're playing like hide and they're they're like practicing in their famous loft and they decide to play hide and seek in the middle of the song and jeff tweedy like covers his eyes and they all run off but then he just kind of pranks him and just stays there and like watches tv while they're all hiding all over chicago and running all over the place (laughs) he, he dozes off on the couch and then wakes up to go find him but then finds him on the on the ceiling or, or on the ceiling on the uh the roof like in the middle of playing the song again it's just a really fun video and that song is just infectious it's really great and so they came out with this album which is uh probably the best album they've put put out in in a decade and it's it's really excellent and i'm seeing them this sunday with jason one of my co-hosts from the erasable podcast or i mean from <laughs> from the membership podcast uh we're seeing them at the grand Ole opry which i think i've mentioned and that's this sunday and i'm I'm extremely excited to go see them in That's Nashville. Awesome. They're not so, coming anywhere near Baltimore. Oh, bummer. Like I mean, Pitt, Pittsburgh's closest. That's they really put, far away. Yeah, they put on a great show. And actually, this is kind of a side-consuming thing, but I just want to give a shout-out to live streams of concerts on the internet. 
Mm. It's one of the best things that's ever happened on the internet is that bands will do like a free show every once in a while. And you can find them on, you go on YouTube and just pick a band that you love and there'll be like a full produced live concert. But Wilco does one or two a year and they did one two nights ago. It was live at Brooklyn. I think it's called steel in Brooklyn, but it was a show and the whole, all two and a half hours of it or whatever are online for free on YouTube. And they put on a really, really good show. And Tweety's just a really good stage presence. Like his conversations and jokes and stuff that he makes between songs are really great. Hmm. So Ode to joy from Wilco. It's really great. And yeah, check out that video for everyone hides. Uh, and I am writing with a pencil, a very, very crappy pencil, but it's <laughs> from the Hemingway Home and Museum in Key West, Florida. What? It's yellow, it's round, and it has a nice supple eraser, and I've got some that I'm sending to you guys. Oh, oh yeah, you well, guys. after that, that stunning wear endorsement. Wear them out, guys, wear them out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I'm writing in a Rocky Mountain National Park field notes. So, all right. Nice. Well, let's jump into, you know, tonight we're just doing a Fresh Points episode. We got stuff to catch up on. And let's just jump into some of the new notebooks that have come out. And Johnny, why don't you start us out with the new release from Write Notepads? Sure. So, so the new Write Notepads is called Black Elk, which is dedicated to the holy man from the Oglala band, uh, the Lakota. Um, so when I was in college, we had a class called, um, Native Americans then and now it was sort of like a late nineties thing at a late nineties vibe. And, um, every semester they focused on a different group. So when I took it, we talked about the group of, Indi- of natives collectively known as the Sioux. And, um, we learned a lot about black elk and, um, we had a speaker come and tell us a lot about Buffalo, which was really interesting. Hmm. And now back when I was in college, you couldn't just go buy buffalo it had to be like privately owned buffalo because they were protected i don't know if that's still the case but anyway um the their you know three notebooks like they usually do they're staple bound which is pretty and they're stamped with a black elk on the front and black ink and on the back it says some dreams are wiser than wiser than waking and um yeah, the the paper, like I haven't gotten them in my hands yet because today is Columbus Day slash Indigenous Peoples Day and there is no mail. But um, it's this really, really neat, like linen looking texture. It looks like a pair of pants. I love, love that color. Yeah, it's described as blue, but it's more like a, looks like a green sweater. Yeah. Like, I really can't wait to get my hands on these. I might have coffee with Mr. Chris tomorrow, which means I might get them a little sooner, which would be awesome. But, um, you know, they have the usual paper. They're 70 pound. It can handle anything paper with um, no lines or anything this time, which is cool. Because I like to use my right notepad sideways and get the full sheet of uh, like whiteness for writing on. Hmm. So this will be good for that. But um, they also have this new thing out that they haven't talked about much called writer's block, where um, if you're um, if you have an account on their website, you get what are called notes for things like leaving reviews or um, money that you spend and different levels where you get interesting rewards, which is really cool. I um, I left a couple of reviews and got notes and got 25% off my order, which was awesome. Nice. I think like at 100, you can get one of those keychains that they used to have for members, which is pretty cool. Like there's, it's a really low threshold before you get like free shipping or discounts and stuff like that. 
And um, if you don't have an account, I can send you a referral and you'll get 20% off, which is awesome. This episode so, brought to you by Johnny Gamer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but these like this it's a really good season for pocket notebooks this fall. Like this yeah. and the field notes together. They're just really, really good looking notebooks. And you know, there's controversy around you know everything except leaves. So some folks were not happy about right notepads honoring a native leader and all that stuff, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> we'll just acknowledge that it happened and that yeah. it's okay. But uh yeah, these they only made four hundred. Yeah, they they made four hundred and they're not sold out yet, according to the website right now on Monday night. But they did some weird thing where the they went out to an email to like a VIP list Friday. So I don't know when they went on the regular list because I'm on the VIP list. <laughs> Show yeah. off. I'm shocked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shocked. Shocked, I tell you. There's gambling going on. Yeah. Oh, and they came it comes with a I don't know what the hell this means. Um a large cabinet card. What what does that mean? I don't know. But it's a card of a picture of Black Elk when he was younger. It looks like a trading card kind of, like a like is it the size of a like a like a baseball card? It looks bigger in the picture, but it's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. And the the corners are like super rounded. Oh, it it, lo- it looks like the Joe Gans card but much smaller. But uh, I mean, it's it's just a really really great tribute and a really pretty notebook, like win win. Yeah. Um, and my other fresh point is NaNoWriMo is coming up in like two weeks and a couple oh, days. Wow. So, are you guys planning on, you know, banging your head against the literary wall for a month? I'm stressed been... out and I haven't even started yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've been banging my head against the literary wall since January, so I'm <laughs> I am not doing that. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't want to make you talk about your book if, if it's <laughs> no. if it's becoming if it's becoming stressful. But I <laughs> know um, it's all right. What's that book? There's no plot, no problem, and there's another book that has a brown cover. I just ordered a copy of it that'll come tomorrow. I forgot because I have like no idea what the hell to write about this year, and that's usually the case. But it's bothering me more this year. Oh, it's called Ready Set Novel, a writer's workbook. By the folks that bring you write notepads. Or write notepads, oh my god. NaNoWriMo. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> now I really sound like a shill. But um, yeah, I always write NaNoWriMo, but like I spend December and part of January like not being able to hold my phone right because my hands hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm getting too old for this. And phones are way more important than writing novels. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I'm just going to type it on my Chromebook because, you know. The battery lasts forever, and if I drop it, it wasn't that expensive. Yeah. You should, I sh- should write your novel with your thumbs onto your phone. <laughs> that would take me so long. <laughs> I'm a really bad phone typer. <laughs> My fat but, um, fingers would disagree with that as well. <laughs> and I have an XR, so yeah. I don't. I don't know what that means. A big, big iPhone. <laughs> I have the iPhone, and my thumbs would still be <laughs> Don't brag, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So was it two years ago? When did Dime Novel come out? I I did it all in Dime Novel, and, like, you know, they're nice books. I was trying to conserve paper, and there were no lines, so I started writing so small, like, my hand was just like a claw for all of December. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do that again. But uh, I also have a crap ton of... Um, decomposition books because i don't use them but i buy them and because they're, they're so pretty so maybe that would be less hand cramp inducing 
don't know if anybody has an idea, any ideas on avoiding hand cramps, I'd be very happy to hear them. Don't write a novel in November. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Thanksgiving yeah. comes very late this year, as late as it can. So that's less yeah. of an interruption. Like, let's do it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, All right, you're doing it this year, right, Tim? I'm gonna go for it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Okay. I'm feeling very like. I don't expect myself to finish. Like I, I usually can pump myself up and, <laughs> and tell myself that I'm gonna do it this year. But I, it feels insane to do it this year. But I feel compelled to anyways. Maybe that's a good sign. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I, it's always I feel, kind of wacky to do it. I feel compelled to do it, uh, but it it feels extra crazy because of how stressed out I am on a daily basis about just work and oh. kid stuff. And uh, my, I've I've told you before that I think in the last episode when we got like heady about our our journaling and stuff. Most of my journaling is about how I don't write enough, so it seems crazy to be like, okay, fine, I don't write enough. I'm going to write 50,000 words <laughs> Just this go month. For it. Yeah, I'm going to write a novel this month. So, like, but You wanted it, here it is. But I'm just kind of like, ah, screw it. I'm going to go for it and just uh, have fun with it. And I will probably be typing as well. I'm doing my prep in a... Yeah, I'm actually using a small decomposition notebook that I bought when I was with you, Andy, or with Johnny at the... Uh, in DC. Oh, the, um, the Log Cabin one? Yeah, the That's Log my favorite. Cabin, the little, like, small small size log cabin one that I'm doing my prep in. But those books are adorable. They are. They are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm babbling enough. How about you, Andy? <laughs> um, I just have one fresh point, and that is the interesting new product by Baron Fig. Um which is a new kind of like what is the name of the size? Is this the flagship size? Uh um, yeah. Yeah. Flagship so, Vanguard. So the A five size uh Vanguard. Um and the edition is called Trace, and it is um, kind of reminds me of Unfinished, which was their confidant that was blue. Um, and it has um, a series of just every page has a different little drawing with a very faint red line, and or maybe it's orange. Um, and kind of the the idea is that um, you know you take something like a marker or a dark pencil or something, and you just trace over that line, and it just feels very um, kind of meditative and relaxing. I think that it's the same sort of um, sort of thing as like you know adult coloring books, right? But um, it's it's really interesting because um, they partnered with a designer named Kyle T. Webster for this, um, and Kyle works with me. I've like been at the office with him a few times. Um, I think he actually works out of um, he works remote from from um, from the East Coast, but uh yeah he so he's a an adobe design employee um and unfinished that confident i was talking about earlier was designed but or like a partnership with koi vin who is another designer at adobe so they uh are making their way through adobe designers um but yeah it's i haven't actually had the chance to get in and actually trace anything with it yet it's i don't think i've traced something since grade school right just to like yeah looks really cool yeah. I, I did not get one of these, but like it's it kind of the, the the drawings have that look of uh, pictures that are colored with or, or drawn with like one continuous line kind of. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Like where it kind of like winds and wiggles in a way that looks like they tried to like you try. I don't think he did, but like you tried yeah. to do it with one line. Like I think I feel like they're they're just like trolling me yes. here on their website <laughs> with, with the, the pictures like the preview pictures and the one they have is a guy is a picture mid wind up. Yeah, it's really really like, cool yeah, looking. Um, I really really yeah. like this guy's style a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
yeah he's um he's kind of well known he he designed several photoshop brushes um so you'd like so in photoshop you can you can you know add special brushes that that gives your picture some like text some different textures or something and his brushes were so good and like realistic that at one point adobe sort of like aqua hired him they they he came to work at adobe and they adobe kind of includes his brushes in in photoshop now so yeah it's um super good his style's really great uh, this notebook is really gorgeous it has this like dark green cover with um you know the an orange inside page and orange drawings on the cover and then like an orange thread um to bind it so it's a gorgeous notebook um i kind of wish they would make this same thing but with uh blank pages that i could write in mm-hmm. yeah this green is like it makes me think of field notes but they don't actually ever do anything with this green yeah it's like a really nice like 90s forest green yeah yeah it's not exactly hunter green but it's not like really light green either yeah and I sent you guys a picture, like the the belly band matches the orange field notes. Oh, that's and true. Yeah, the belly band of the um, field notes matches the green of the Baron Fig book. Like nice. they totally coordinate. Yeah, this makes and, me happy. And, <laughs> and speaking of that field notes trilogy, Tim, would you like to uh, to go? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the we were, we were, we talked. We kind of made some predictions and talked about the new field notes in our last episode and i think we were about 16 hours short of finding out what they actually (laughs) were or something when we recorded that and so the new the newest field notes which most people will probably know by now but is the autumn trilogy which we've we've just mentioned and uh it was actually i felt i actually kind of gasped when i first saw the edition because i thought my prediction was right i think i had said something like the the transitioning shades of a leaf as they change you know <laughs> you're um, so close i was like oh my god i did it i did it but i was wrong uh but it is it is a very simple edition focused on uh three different leaves it's a, a sugar maple an american elm and a scarlet oak and so it has a i think actually on uh take note adam had predicted that they were going to do something with like a uh, letter pressing Mm-hmm. On this edition, and it is a, which is what you call that, right? Like yeah. that's the yeah the the letterpress texture, but it has an imprint of all three leaves on them, and then the, they're colored in sort of a uh, autumnal shade of, of of each leaf. I think they they call them uh, warm red, safety yellow, and scarlet. And um, the scarlet oak was Thoreau's favorite tree. Hmm. Nice. That one's extra special. I did what are your that. what are your favorites of these three? Mine is the warm red for sure. Mm. The, oh. Which is, I think, the sugar maple. Yeah. The, oh yeah, I like the um, the yellow elm. That one's yeah, so me pretty. too. That that safety yellow is really gorgeous, and I think my I think my favorite part about this is um, the kind of design detail is that the um, the innards which are lined. The like little header line is the same color as the cover on each of these. Yeah, that's really cool. That that like double kind of America the Beautiful style line. So yeah, that, that I think that's my favorite detail. My my favorite detail was definitely the uh, the lifelike picture of each leaf, or, or of I guess it was only of the the sugar maple that was on the belly band, and it yeah. lined up. It lines up perfectly. It, just, it with did the, line up. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's, really good. it wraps around and it's like a green version of it. It's like the springtime version of it or whatever. And then it just perfectly transitions into the letterpress. Uh, I think that, I thought that was a really cool edition. I was glad they did a lined one too, because yeah. it's been a while since they've had a ruled edition that I really enjoyed. And this yeah. one I, I really love. So this is great. And they, they did that 70 pound paper, which was nice. Yeah. Nice and so you remember they like, this was before, um, tradesmen the paper they had was 50 pound but it was sort of toothy and like really see-through and then they came up with the 50 pound paper that was opaque and now they have the 60 pound paper that's opaque i wonder if they'll step up and do pretty soon it'll be like 600 pound paper yeah just, every, a big, just a block of wood just yeah, everybody likes paper. people like the 70 i mean i think the 60 is perfectly fine yeah. <laughs> but you know I, I don't use fountain pens but the 70 paper is like lux it's nice mm-hmm did yeah, anybody it's... see uh, some people were posting pictures of the like launch party at field notes and they had the um the dies like the metal die out for display oh and, that's awesome and somebody i think in the field notes group group posted a close-up of it and it was just like so finely detailed it looked like somebody pressed a leaf directly into the die that's really cool i yeah. did not see that um i don't know i'm i'm glad i'm i'm glad that they decided to follow a tradition kind of you know like something that is i mean shenandoah and uh what was the other one Back um, in autumn. yeah uh, like, that one yeah like like they just like are following something and, and you could argue arguably you could put like uh wasn't fire spotter a, a fall edition yeah i always thought that one was pretty autumnal that pretty so, red yeah, yeah so they've so they've done this uh a, a few times and i think it is it will never get old because these are the i'm wearing i'm i'm, I'm intentionally wearing a very autumnal plaid shirt that i was excited to wear today because it was under 95 degrees so was, <laughs> uh, oh so we didn't talk about the subscriber extra i'm wearing oh, yeah. mine mine is wrapped around my forehead right now are you serious i'm wearing it like <laughs> david foster wallace style wrapped Dude, around my forehead. you yeah. gotta send us you gotta send us a picture do yeah can we use that as our yeah. cover art please hang on i'm gonna <laughs> getting into my i'm getting my app i'll text you a picture yeah let's see i i have to say it's a it's a little um i don't want to be that complainer guy but it's a little like cheaper than a regular bandana like mine's super thin and it came with like coated in like those chemicals that like the shortening chemicals, like stiffening chemicals, but like that, you know, they're with the, they took away the, um, or took away, they no longer send you the free, um, craft books. So, you know, people were, oh, upset. That's right. but the last three times subscribers have gotten something really awesome. And then when it was the map or the extra notebooks, people still complained because it was, oh, yeah. like, well, that's not exclusive. I'm like, but it was free. <laughs> that was pretty yep. cool. I got yeah. a free $13 pack of notebooks, but this was yeah. exclusive. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a cool. I like the colors on it. I like the just the brown bandana. I'm not really I, a bandana guy, but I I wish I had like a, a like a dog that I could tie that to, like a like a that black is lab with such yeah. a good idea. Oh my gosh. Yeah, put put that on Theo. Theo's going to be all over this thing. Oh, He's yeah. going to wear it a lot better than I do. <laughs> I'm trying to take a picture in this weird lighting that doesn't look make me look insane and also my hair is like going crazy. <laughs> Which I'm just going to lean into it. I posted that picture of me in the sunglasses as the episode art last time. So <laughs> you go for it. I'm going to send you the crazy one, and then I'm. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, there you go. And then, um, and, yeah. And then Johnny, you can get us a picture for the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll let my kids take it. But I liked the um, the Hawthorne quotation. That was a nice touch. 
Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I feel like he's he's so out of fashion. Nobody quotes him. He's very out of fashion because the Scarlet Letter is like a really painful book to read. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that's just one of those classics that I'm just like, no, I don't want to read it. <laughs> Please tell uh, me. Oh my god, have you seen the movie with Demi Moore? It's so no, no. bad. Oh my god. <laughs> Katie really hates um, the Grapes of Wrath, and oh, really? she she calls it the Grapes of My Wrath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to chuckle the next time I see that book and I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think overall it was a great addition. It was uh, well done and uh, I was excited to get it and and I'm definitely excited to use it. And and it's the first time in a little while where I felt like I kind of wanted to save it a little bit. You know, I wanted to use it for something special, which (laughs) I don't really feel that way. Tim, this is so good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is definitely the episode cover. We need (laughs) to... Yeah. Your um, your white hair just sort of like <laughs> sticking. <laughs> <laughs> the pomade is really working its job. Wow. It's really its job. It's, it's earning its keep today. <laughs> uh, so good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. You guys have anything else to say about the autumn trilogy? I just repeat uh, that it's a really good fall for notebooks. Yeah, but I've been trying to fill up my mile marker so I can like get into it, but I feel like at this point it's going to be like December by the time I get in. No, I'll, <laughs> I'll start it in November whether I can or not. Yeah. No. Uh, cool. Well, yeah, my only other fresh point, which I've kind of alluded to it a couple times, is that I was on fall break this past week, and we, as part of our trip to Fort Myers to see my parents and my grandmother, we also were gifted uh, for Jane and I's birthday with a boat ride over the gulf to key west for a day so it was just kind of a one day back and forth it was it's about a four-hour boat ride which was really really nice especially the morning one to be like sitting on top be like on top of the boat and be uh relaxing in the with the wind whipping by and all that and really enjoyed that boat ride then we got to key west which is famously home to uh the hemingway house and stupidly saved it to last so we only got to spend about 45 minutes there which is really a a huge bummer because um, key west is terrible (laughs) it's a a really awful place i think it was probably great when hemingway lived there but now it basically feels like and this is not to knock the place that i'm about to mention because a lot of people really love this kind of thing but like places like myrtle beach Mm. um you know like how like touristy they are with like the ice cream shops and the shirts with airbrushed stuff and you know neon everything and alligator heads and all that stupid stuff that you can buy there. Anyways, it's like a place like that, but compressed to like four square blocks. <laughs> it's, uh-huh. it's pretty, it's pretty awful. Um, so it's like, <laughs> no matter, no matter where you are and no matter how sure you are, you know, where you are, you always feel lost. Um, but you know <laughs> that if you walk in any direction, you can buy a like corny t-shirt or like a trump flag or you can go into a bar and pay like eleven dollars for a beer so it's it was, <laughs> it was kind of hard. but but before it sold its soul to the devil it was a fishing hub and a place that hemingway loved hmm. and so the story goes and i'm just going to kind of give my like spiel about the place and some some of you might already know this kind of stuff but um, hemingway he spent almost a decade in france and this is when he was around you know, uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald and uh, what's her name? Zelda. Well, no. Oh, but, uh, Hadley. Uh, 
No, I'm, t- I'm thinking of the uh, the famous the, oh, the other Gertrude Stein. Like, Gertrude Stein, yes. Yeah, Gertrude Stein. yeah, yeah. Was there and Ezra Pound was around and uh, you know uh, T. S. Eliot was coming through and all this stuff. Um, he was there, and then when he left, just on his passageway back home with his second wife, he ended up finding Key West and decided, I want to live here. And so he bought a house on Key West, and that was the first house he lived in after he left Paris. And he lived there. That was kind of his home base for like a decade after that. And the house was the biggest house on Key West at the time. Uh, like the best, sort of like the fanciest house on Key West. And he bought the place which had only had one other owner which was like this British general or something that he it had been boarded up for like 40 years and Hemingway paid off the 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 back taxes on the place and then moved in and then owned it until he uh, you know passed away until he took his own life in 1961 even though he hardly ever lived there um, after he discovered Cuba basically and so the house is kind of in a little compound there are like walls all around and when you walk in it's a two-story place and it the, the house became while he was there the first house on key west to be have indoor plumbing and not only did he do indoor plumbing but he did it on two levels of the house uh, and then it also was and i'll get to the story in a little bit but the first house on key west to have a swimming pool which now like every house on key west oh has yeah a swimming pool. Oh, wow. um but it was it was really simple like experience when you walk through because there's not like a lot of furniture and stuff. There are a few things that were left behind, like his bed frame and his desk and the chair that he sat in his writing room. But his, like, his bed frame was made of uh, the, the wooden gate of a Spanish monastery. For, uh, <laughs> like pretty cool looking. And then there were these crazy chandeliers that his wife had bought. And it was it was almost a little... It was I was like super excited when I walked in because there were like, 10 typewriters in the place. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. You know, like I'm seeing Hemingway's typewriter, but it's like, Oh wait. And it, very quickly I was like, no way, none of these are actually Hemingway's typewriter. <laughs> There's no way they would be sitting in this house. They've all been auctioned off and they're in museums or whatever, you know? So like they, they were all just kind of facsimiles or whatever, or similar typewriters to what he had. But, um, the one portion of the, the time there is we were kind of rushing because we didn't want to miss our boat back to the, uh, the mainland as they say, uh, I found myself in his writing room by myself because we just broke off oh, wow. from the tour. Um, and Jane kind of like walked through and she's like, Oh neat. I'm going to go down and see if there's something <laughs> like, I mean, she was going to look at something else. I was like, yeah, that's cool. I just, I'm going to stay up here for a minute. And so for about five minutes, I just stood. And when you walk, it's the only room in, in the whole complex that you can't just walk straight into. Uh, there's like a, a gate sort of when you come through the door that keeps you from walking out into it. And there are books on the shelves that I don't know if they're, I I assume they're still his. And there's a desk, this kind of ornate looking oak ish desk or, you know, whatever in the middle and his little chair that he sat at and a typewriter poised at it. That is, I know the same kind of typewriter he used. I don't know if it's the exact same one, but I assume knowing writers, he probably would have taken it with him. And there's a kind of long, I don't know what you call those kind of chairs that you can, it's, it's, it looks kind of like a wicker chair, but it has a really long bottom on it. So you can put your legs up on it with like an, one, one side's open and one has like an armrest on it. Oh, like a lounge? Yeah. 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 Like a lounge chair. And it's, it's all that's in the room, but I stood there and my imagination just like freaked out. And I was like seeing him in my head, pacing the room, like reading a draft and like sitting down at that desk to type and all the windows were opened up. Um, and then of course, like, I looked around the corner and there was a bathroom up there and I got to see his toilet. So I sent you guys a picture of his toilet 
I was like, <laughs> this is where Hemingway pooped. Look, look, look. Uh, indoor plumbing. Cool. Uh, <laughs> this is where Hemingway pooped. That's a, such a good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I really, it was just kind of, you know, sort of haunting in a way, not in like a scary way, but just kind of like, wow, like this is the room where he wrote sections of A Farewell to Arms. This is where he wrote Green Hills of Africa. This is where he wrote some of his uh, like most famous short stories because that was one of his most productive times uh, while he was based in, in Key West. So that was really, really cool to be in that room. And that was my, definitely my favorite part of the tour. Everything else was just kind of like, oh, it's another room in his house. And then they would tell us a story that didn't have really anything to do with his house or do with his life besides just he lived here. Um, but is a is a really cool tour. And now some of the other things about the tour that I, I definitely cats, have cats, 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 fifty nine <laughs> cats. Um, wow, fifty nine cats live within the Hemingway compound. So he he. So the story goes, he was. I always thought the the polydactyl thing, the cats with extra uh-huh. toes, was because of inbreeding. Uh, which the reason that they are there is because of inbreeding, but polydactyl trait is not because of inbreeding. Apparently, it is just a a random trait that is very inheritable i don't know what the word you use is but it's yeah. like very easily passed down and so he hemingway was a super superstitious guy and he loved key west because of the fishing and because of going out in the ocean so he would befriend all these captains that would come in and they'd drink at his favorite bar which we went to which is called sloppy joe's and he he would befriend these captains and one of these captains came back and he brought a gift for hemingway when he visited him this time and he, he, he knew that he was superstitious. And so he brought him a polydactyl cat, which is known as being a signal, a, a sign of good luck on a ship. Mm-hmm. And so he gave him this cat and Hemingway just was over the moon for this cat, like fell in love with it. And it was his favorite thing. And then the cat quickly reproduced, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then reproduced again. And now, and so the, the original cat, which I think its name was bell, but I might be getting this wrong. You know, obviously it was taken away and lived with Hemingway or whatever, but the cats continued to live on the property. And the guide told us that at any given time, there are between 40 and 60 cats. Wow. Living on this property and half of them are polydactyls, which means they have extra toes. Yeah. The first one we met, like the the main one that we saw, because it just kind of followed us around for the whole tour, was named Daisy Buchanan, which is pretty great. <laughs> uh-huh. pretty, pretty great. But um, and Daisy Buchanan was even an unusual polydactyl because usually polydactyls, like cats, usually have five on the front and four on the back. I think usually polydactyls will just have extras on the front. Yeah. But Daisy Buchanan had six on every foot. Wow. So twenty four toes. And so it's I'm a devil's cat. I am very much. <laughs> <laughs> very much in the market for a polydactyl cat. So, you know, shout out to any cat breeders out there who know of where I can get a polydactyl cat because I definitely want them. They're all super sweet. They're everywhere. You'd like go around a corner in his garden and there would be like a 10 foot path and nine cats would be laying, like laying in the sun yeah. and, and you just walk around them and they would just kind of like casually look at you and you'd bend down and pet them. They're all really nice. Well, I think um, you're, I think you're yeah. right. Cause it is, it is a trait that happens a lot. Like I have a, a good friend who has a polydactyl cat who just, you know, she just adopted him from the shelter, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just something I think you, you notice. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I don't, and I, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's, I mean, when you look at them, you just look at their feet, it takes only a glance. You don't even have to be a cat expert and you're just like, something cat has mittens. About this cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like they have like a fan on their foot. It's just like tons yeah. of, you know, uh, pretty so, unusual. Does the whole place smell like cat pee? 
No, no, it's really clean, and all the cats are super nice, and I don't know where they poop, or maybe they don't poop. Maybe that's one of the traits. <laughs> they in that They're toilet. Special cats. <laughs> they poop in the Hemingway toilet, which I will say that when I, I was up there like having that kind of moment in his room, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then uh, a cat just suddenly walked out from under his like lounge chair and like jumped through the the gate that I was like standing behind, like clutching as I was looking into his writing room and just like jumped up like four feet off the ground through the gate, like rubbed up against my leg and then just ran outside. I was like, Oh, that was cool. That's my favorite one. But, uh-huh. but uh, yeah, but it was a really cool, really cool experience. There was also the, his, it was the first swimming pool in Key West. Uh, his wa- second wife, while he was reporting on the uh, Spanish civil war and I think getting to know his soon to be third wife, <laughs> Uh, his wife back in Key West spent the equivalent of $320,000 today uh, putting in a <laughs> swimming pool while he was gone. And so the story goes that when he came back, he was pissed off about that. And he said, well, why don't you just, you might as well take my last penny. And he took a, like some coins out of his pocket and threw them towards her. And one of the pennies stuck into the still wet cement around the pool and it's still stuck there. Oh, wow. Uh, that's a, that's such uh, a good story. Today. Yeah, it's still it's still sticking there right in the uh, right in the the wet cement. I guess they were finishing the pool as he came home. So it was. I'm really glad we went. And um, there's a there's like a bookstore built under the the writing room and what I guess used to be the garage sort of space. And it's got every edition you can possibly imagine of any Hemingway book, which was really cool. I was gonna buy a copy of uh, Everyone Behaves Badly. Did you have you guys seen that book? No. Came out a few years ago. Uh-huh. And it, it's about the writing of it's about the writing of the sun also rises it's it's kind of i told you about that book so we read on about gatsby mm-hmm. it's kind of like that for us uh, the sun also rises but more like historical and just tells the story of what was going on behind the scenes and why he wrote that book and where it came from so i i did end up getting it from the library so i am i'm starting to read it soon so i'll probably report back on that in the next episode but also i cannot forget to mention that i was very pleased to walk into the hemingway house bookstore and find black wings so he has no connection to black wings that i know of but still um he has a connection to pencils clearly enough that they would put black wings and so i walked in all these awesome books there are like the cheap uh pencils that i bought that i'm gonna send you guys because i love you guys i want you to have cheap pencils yeah but um There were Blackwing 602s by the dozen, and there were also Blackwing Slate notebooks, the black ones with the MMX on the yeah. spine. So that was really exciting. That's and then a, there was a, uh, a Hemingway notebook, which I, I know Johnny kind of bumped on when I sent that picture, and I've included that in the show notes. That's a fun thing to kind of think about. Like, what would a Hemingway Blackwing be like, I wonder? No eraser, <laughs> which was yeah. like not a Blackwing. Yeah, <laughs> it would have a bottle opener on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It would just have a knife on the end of it instead of an eraser. Fish hook. Yeah, fish hook. <laughs> has a little hook. clip. clip. <laughs> has a little clip, little clip to hook it to your shotgun. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I would have a fish hook. You just stick it right <laughs> in your as chest. As soon as that word came out, like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's not meaning that on purpose. Um, so really, and I, I say this with no sort of tongue-in-cheek to it, Um Key West is terrible, but the Hemingway house is worth it. Um, so it's kind of like it, it was, it was, was, there's a whole other half of the Island that has like resorts on it, which I'll never be able to afford. And I'm sure those are great. But the section I was in, like the downtown area was, it was kind of rough. And there's, there's, it's, it's a place that has a lot of good history, but it's just still, the history doesn't make it enjoyable, you know, uh, besides the Hemingway part. And also there's a, there's a house that we didn't have a chance to visit, but Tennessee Williams lived there for like 30 years. 
Huh. So he has a house there as well, which we didn't we didn't make it to. While does we it have were... a tin roof? It does not. <laughs> <laughs> it does not. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it was it was kind of cool to visit a, a character's home who I I admire, but also like the older I get, the more conflicted I get about him as a yeah. person. You know, it's uh, like I problematic. I told yeah. you, yeah, there's, there's, there were some of those red flags like pretty early on, but now like, yeah, I told you that story about Scott Fitzgerald and how he was just like a terrible friend and all yeah. that. But yeah, he was, I, I, there, there is a certain part of me that just has to separate a person's art from the person themselves. Um, and, uh, there, there definitely is a threshold there though. So I don't know, I don't know what to do with that, but it was, it was a special, special experience. I'm glad I got to do it. Should we so so, so postcards? Say again. Nice. Did you get to see my postcards? Oh no, not yet. Oh, no postcards. Andy, yours is a very corny and very catty. So excellent. You'll, <laughs> you will enjoy that. But uh, turns out, turns out that that cat on the tin roof is actually one of Hemingway's cats. <laughs> a polydactyl, polydactyl cat on a tin roof. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. a <laughs> <laughs> pretty good episode title. It's better than semi hex cat. <laughs> the Hemingway toilet. Man. Um. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's all I've got. So I was just, uh, it was good to catch up with you guys and, and go over some pretty cool stuff that we've, we've, uh, we barely missed out on talking about last time. Anything else you guys want to mention? Um, what do you think, Jenny? I will only plug if you want to, if you want to hate Hemingway, read the, um, the biography that came out like two, two and a half years ago by Mary Dearborn, Mm. who like, Obviously, really hates Hemingway, but still wrote a giant book about him. If you want, so if you want to see like what a horrible jerk he was, read that, if and then like, read Hemingway's boat, where he talks about how he basically killed his second wife. Or that's his theory. So, like he made her go nuts, oh. or not? I mean, not mentally nuts. He made her physically get sick from the way he would treat her. What? Oh, man. oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> oh, boy. I still that's admire so- him very much. We're all bad. flawed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, oh my gosh <laughs> that makes me feel really bummed out but I, I, <laughs> sorry on, on that note it's the truth and I, I i appreciate the truth even when it is about people that i look up to um anywho so uh yeah i think <laughs> i think we're done here <laughs> so uh <laughs> johnny where can people find you on the internet <laughs> You can find me at pencilrevolution.com and on social media at Pencilution. Right, Andy? Um, find me on Twitter and Instagram as at AWellfully and find my website and links to all of my other things at uh, andy.wtf. And, and Tim. And, uh, yeah, my name is Tim Wassum. My You can follow me on Twitter at Tim Wassum. You can find me on Instagram at Timothy Wassum. Uh, please go to uh, erasable.com slash 126 for the show notes to this episode if you can't see them in your podcatcher. You can follow the podcast itself on Twitter and Instagram at Erasable Podcast. Please, if you haven't already, uh, join our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash Erasable, and like our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Erasable Podcast, where you can get updates on new episodes or if we do any um, special releases. If you 
have a second if you would please rate and review <laughs> us on iTunes. The, the our, our show notes are like in a different order than usual, or it feels like different for some reason. So I, I had to pause to make sure I got it right, and then I had to talk to make it awkward. <laughs> so uh, please rate and review us on iTunes or recommend us on Overcast or whatever sort of feature, whatever, or whatever sort of podcatcher you're on, you can recommend us there. We really appreciate you listening to this episode, and we will be back in a week or two with some brand new pencil podcast action yeah. I think it qualifies as action right I think so I think you're right okay. it's serious action serious action we'll see serious. you in a couple of weeks with some serious action All right. <laughs> bye, bye.